What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're watching or listening to this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast. I'm your host, Bogey, and this is your weekly live stream where we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go round with her own two hands. Thank you for tuning in. If you're new here, welcome. If you've been coming back week after week, thank you so much for spending part of your week with us consistently. You guys are fantastic. I love seeing so many familiar names in the comments each week. Um, love that you guys have all gotten to like know each other and seeing you guys talking to each other in the comments. It's it's a really cool thing. So thank you guys for being uh, part of this series. If you like this series, please hit like, hit subscribe, leave comments below. Uh, the more comments we get, the more people see these incredible videos, which means more people get to find out about these amazing women. And the more we normalize women working in the trades, and that is what this is all about. Tonight, I am super excited to have a guest on who has been in the trades for a long time. She is a true trailblazer. She got into the game back when very, very few women were in this. And so I'm really excited to hear her perspective and what has changed and um, what her hopes are for the future. Her name is Athena, also known as Chicky Ransom. She is a custom motorcycle builder. And you don't want to hear me blabbing. So I'm going to shush and I'm going to bring her on. Welcome, everybody. Miss Athena Ransom, how are you? Hi, everybody. I'm good. How are you today? Fantastic. I am so excited to have you on. Like, seriously, folks who are watching, I don't know. You know, we all know that women are a minority in the trades, right? But yeah. back when Athena got in the game, <laughs> it was no joke. Um, so tell tell the fine folks at home who you are, where you're from, what you do, and then we'll dive into, into history and find out what you did to get to where you're at. Okay. Well, I'm Athena Chicky Ransom, and I'm here in my shop in Pompano Beach, Florida, Vagabond Chopper. Um, yeah, I've been working on motorcycles a long time. It's I'll be 50. Wow. I'm 55. I have to think about it. So I, I'm still 25 inside. So that's what matters. Motorcycles Absolutely. keep you young. So I'm good with that. Um, yeah. I've been working on motorcycles since I was 15 and wow. it started as a joke. And so, well, here I am. <laughs> okay. You have to explain that it started as a joke. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. So um, I was an odd bird growing up. My parents were hippies. You know, okay. things, things in life were weird. I was, um, my dad was not mechanically inclined at all, but he could build you anything, a house, whatever you wanted. I had the best teepees and tree houses. And I was also the son, the son my dad never had, you know, he taught me to box and things like that. So I always liked to tinker. Well, when I met my, my first husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he had a really hot rod chopper and he built it himself in the living room of his house. And we were out riding one day and his friend said, oh, do you want to learn how to ride my bike? And he said, there's no way my girl is going to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And so the next time I saw him, he harassed them again by asking me if I wanted to learn to ride. And I said, sure. And it was this 69 Sportster with like a 12 over front end. It was so long. And he had to take a garden hose out of his pocket and put it in the gas tank to prime his old carburetor. It was, it was a little crazy. So he says, Oh, get on. And we were in this parking lot of this bar where my dad worked and 
I said, okay. And I'm just thinking, I'm just going to crash this bike. And all of a sudden he reached over and he put the foot pegs down in the back and he got on the back and he was like 250 pounds. And he's like, okay, if you wreck my bike, I'll kill you. And he put his hands around me and I took off and the, the shifters on the opposite side of the brake, like on, on our motorcycles, they're reversed. Cause it was an old 69, okay. but um, yeah, I went around that parking lot and I never got out of first gear and I rode him around and then it just kind of happened. We got in an accident on my, my boyfriend's bike and uh, we got him a new bike. And I said, what are you going to do with that? And he said, well, if you could put it together, you could have it. And so I went down the street and got a job in a motorcycle shop so I could get my parts at cost. So they were way less expensive. I was working three jobs. And anytime I wanted to ask a question, I had to put a dollar in the jar and they thought they were going to have a lot of money. So I got <laughs> And the guy I worked for was a, he was a racer. He's a racing legend now, Guy Glover from Cycle Works, but he had the world's fastest gasoline sportster. So I did some machine work. He let me get in there and start. So he was really like one of my first mentors and he didn't find it odd. You know, a lot of the guys that came into the shop, it was always sell the t-shirts, get the parts, cute little girl in the skirt. Cause I wore the little denim skirt and you know, I played along and then I just learned everything <laughs> I could. And I built that bike and they had like $33 in the jar. They didn't do too well. <laughs> Pretty funny. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Okay. So how did you, how, well, first of all, how old were you at the time? Right about then I was like 16 going okay, on 17. So you were, you were a youngin. So how yeah. did the, the boyfriend at the time go from hell no, my girlfriend's not learning how to ride a bike to heck yeah. If you can build it, you can have it. Like <laughs> that's a good one. So when he when he said that, because they thought there was no way possible that I was going to be able to accomplish that without their help and the, you know, certain situations. Yeah. He liked to drink. I got him the new bike from the accident. They wrote me a check and told me if you stop calling, just here, take the check. And I went and I bought him a brand new motorcycle. Because that's what back then it was. I don't know, I can say this, but it was ass, yeah. gas, or grass. Nobody rides for free. Well, I was the girl <laughs> that I cooked and I cleaned. I wasn't sleeping with them when we first started hanging out. And I would always wash the bike on Fridays and cook the dinner. And then we'd all go out. And so, you know, we were at a place and I was on the back and he had had way too many Long Island iced teas because they were, they were fashionable back then. That was like the drink, the kick your butt <laughs> drink and, you know, and not to promote any of that because you don't sure. drinking and riding doesn't work. But the population was different back then. There weren't a lot of cars on the road here. We were in Leisureville, kind of, I guess you'd say. Okay. Um, and so we were uh we walked out of this pier by the beach and they had a restaurant there. My dad always went to, and the police officer saw him and saw he was drunk as hell. And so the cop said to him, he said, if you get on that motorcycle, he says, you're going to jail. And he's like, if I get on my motorcycle, I'm going to jail. And the cop's like, yeah. And he turned around and he threw me the keys and he's like, let's go. And I was like, what? And I had to ride him away from there. And at the stop sign, of course, I, I slid back and let him on because, you know, back then, it, it was a different mentality. You know, women were, we had a different road to go. You I earned my way. You know, I really paid attention and even with the lifestyle and being around bikers and 1% motorcycle clubs and growing up like that, because that's how I grew up. You, yeah. I earned I earned my way. I didn't say, oh, I'm somebody's daughter or I'm, you know, here, come look at me. You know, I got something for you. You know, I really yeah. literally 
they left me on the side of the road one time because my bike broke down. And then some guy said, Hey, you know, if you want to ride, I'll get my truck. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool. He's like, but you'll spend the night. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, hell no. I pushed that bike almost four miles to get it back to my house. And that's when I learned how to really just get into it and do everything and not pay attention to other people and what they said, unless I knew they knew what they were talking about. Cause there's a yeah. lot of uh, people who will tell you all kinds of things, but the professionals know why you do things a certain way. So that matters. Safety first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. it in a nutshell, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> I love it. So was there like, what point did you go from, all right, I'm fixing this bike up to have it. Um, mm -hmm. Where did it go from that to, I want to make a career out of this. This is going to be my life. So in the interim, when I was like, 18 after I got that bike, um, I was getting on my bike to ride across country and I was leaving my boyfriend behind and whatever. And I went and gave my two week notice at work and I started throwing up profusely and along came my oldest son. So life, <laughs> life directions change. So, um, I started get, I had hot rod cars. I would fix them up and wrench on, you know, I had old Chevelle and El Camino and stuff like that. And I would work on them myself. So my dad, my uncles always thought that was cool because they were not mechanically inclined at all. Um, <laughs> and I just took the initiative to make the effort. My dad always said, you know, why can't you do something? He's like, if you put the effort forward, it might turn out good. It might turn out bad, but you can do anything you want. So he always instilled that mindset. So I would get bikes and I would customize them and I, I would like to go to shows and stuff. And I would, I would do, sorry about that. Um, I would go buy angle iron, angle aluminum at home Depot and make key switches and customize this and go to different shows. So that's pretty much where it started. And then um, as funny as it is, uh, I got divorced. I got married again. It was a blip. Okay. I went, I did a travel, I did a trip to Alaska and got to ride all the way from North, uh, the North pole to the southernmost point, you know, oh, wow. crazy cool stuff like that. And, um, then I, my mom got sick with Luke Eric's and I went back to school while she was sick. Um, cause I was her caregiver. So for respite, I would go in the evenings and, uh, to get my paralegal degree. So after she, she got really sick, she passed away. I didn't get to finish my degree, um, but I did get an internship in a law office. So that was my direction. I was going there. And um, I always, my husband now, Don, who has been my best friend, we started in a motorcycle shop years ago because that's kind of the lifestyle. You work and live in the motorcycle to shops to get your parts for cost and, you know, learn <laughs> as much as you can. And it really is. It was a thing back then. It's it's not a thing anymore with the internet and all that stuff. It's, it's right. not. But so um, I started working in a shop and Don was working there and we were friends for a long time. And I was always asking him, you know, cause he, he's a genius when it comes to bikes, he's a motorcycle whisperer and he never thought it was odd. And nobody goes in his toolbox. I used to be able to show up and use his specialty tools. And, you know, they, the boys <laughs> would still laugh and joke though. He'd tell everybody, Hey, I'm selling tickets. She's coming to work in her shorts today on her motorcycle. I'm letting her use the lift. You know, oh my I'd bring donuts and brownies and, but it was a different mindset back that, then, yeah. you know, you, it was, it was fun and we were all friends. So um, yeah, he got a chance while I was working in the law office to uh, he was working for a custom builder and he got a chance to go on a discovery build off because he built the bike for the builder. He was his top. Okay. Mechanic. And um, 
he says, you want to go? And I said, uh, okay. So we went on this trip and everybody was there, editors of big magazines and so on and so forth. And guys' motorcycles that went along the trip started breaking down left and right. And Don would stop to fix a bike and I would ride along and I would fix somebody else's bike. And then he would fix a bike and I'd fix a bike. And everybody was like, wow, she knows how to fix bikes. And he's like, yeah, she, she, I let her use my toolbox. I don't do the work for her. I let her use my toolbox. She, I go and work on something else. She, she does her own stuff. And then, you know, he'd critique me and say, Hey, you know, I built a motor once and I, you know, I did something dumb, like, left something that shouldn't have been there. And it made it for like six years when I took it apart, it was still there. <laughs> That's funny, but you know, I've done dumb stuff. And then, so after that, one of the editors of the magazine said, he goes, you know, you really should have your own shop. And everybody was being on getting on TV and stuff like that. And I was like, eh, yeah, you know, I don't know. And so at this time, Don and I started dating and we kind of Brady bunched, you know, into a house. And I was, I was in the law office and one of our friends got in an accident and he um, settled a big case with the lawyer that I had. I did all the work and my bonus was missing a zero. Like it only had like three instead of four, you know? So I was kind of bummed out about that because I worked really hard. So I was like, what am I going to do with this check? And Don wasn't happy where he was working. So my dad, who was my biggest fan my whole life, um, he was in my ear. He's like, well, you should do what the guy said. You should just open a shop. You're always working on motorcycles. Just do this, do that. So we went, we looked for a warehouse and we found this little warehouse and me and my dad fixed it up and did all the stuff. And Don was not happy at work. And so we won the discovery build, which was really cool. And then he wanted to go to another shop. And I said, well, Hey, I said, um, how do you feel about coming to work with me? And he's like, you want me to work for you? I'm like, no, I want you to work with me. I really, I really do. And it's just, they call us the ransom twins sometimes, some of the people, because we're just, we're a good, we're a really good team. I think outside the box, he's very critical and analytical. And uh, sometimes he'll overthink things where sometimes you have to have a different perspective. So we, it's like a yin and yang that really ends up being a good thing. But there's times when he makes me remind myself that all the things I do with him, I can do on my own. Like last year, um, myself and my friend Gypsy, we were mechanics for 40 women going across country, 40 women oh, wow. for three weeks. We did it. We rocked it and we worked on That's everything, awesome. but everybody, you, you do it, you know? So, you know, there's, I've been lucky. I've had really cool men. I've had some really crappy men in my life too, that have tormented me, like I said. So, but yeah, that's when Vagabond Choppers happened and then magazines. I and I had opportunities to do um, wife swap. They wanted me to go to some crazy <laughs> lady's house in Beverly Hills and we decided against that. I was all in and the production company called and they, they were sending people on the way and they had drug tested everybody in the house. Everybody did psychological evaluations, oh, wow. HIV tests, the whole, you know, they do it. It was ABC. They do a big thing and they called and the lady said, well, there's one person that we didn't get to test. And it was my six-year-old steps on. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Like that's unnecessary. Like he's here on the weekends. No, you know, whatever. And then I started to think about it. And then I told her, I said, no, I, I think I don't want to do this. They asked me three times, even up the money. I just couldn't do oh, it. Wow. Cause then I'd never, I'd never watched the show. My mother-in-law's like, watch the show. She yelled at me. She's like, just watch the darn show. <laughs> and then I realized it was a good thing. It didn't all work out. Cause right. I don't think anybody could, 
come to my place and make a gas tank out of bare metal. I mean, I no. can sit in a bathtub with, you know, a mud tub. Or, I could do that. Cucumbers. <laughs> I, I've always, I've always thought that was cool. Like, I mean, you know, because listen, <laughs> we're in the front room of my shop. And just because I have men and women in yeah. my shop all the time, on this side of the magazine rack, there's all the Chopper magazines. And over here, are all the Vogue and Cosmopolitan magazines, because you still got to keep it real. You know, there's a yeah. little... There's nothing we're wrong all, with any of it. <laughs> no, we're all, and we're all still girls. I think that's the thing that a lot of times men are turned, they, they kind of turn a side eye to it because they think you want to be masculine, but you want to be like mine came out of being, wanting to be self-sufficient and not have to depend on anyone else to take care of those things for me. Not that that's yeah. bad. It's just, that's how things have evolved over the generations, which is cool. It makes yeah. us all more equal. And that's all we really want is to just be treated equal on the, because I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, me being a woman builder, it's cool and all, but the facts that I, the fact that I have boobs and around, butt, if you take gender out of it, it's the same passion that any guy has that's yeah. at the show next to me or working with me or whatever. We're all passionate about it. And that's what counts, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, 100%. I always I always say like I I I hope that I get to see the day like my goal, my dream is that one day there isn't that qualifier that you're not a female custom bike builder and I'm not a female auto mechanic that I'm just an auto mechanic and you're just a bike builder and we get judged based on our skill and our merits and our passion and our and and all of the rest of it and and it shouldn't matter. It still does currently, so it's still a thing, but I hope we see the day where it isn't a thing, where it really truly doesn't matter. To, to some degree, I'm glad for some of it, like some of the guys, I'm very happy. Like I sent Don to the metal shop for a sheet of metal and it mm -hmm. cost me money. I go to this <laughs> metal shop for a sheet of metal in my uniform, doesn't matter. I don't pay that same price for it. So there's benefits to the, like the smile. Hi, how you doing? And just be happy. But I tell like I tell the ladies the same thing backwards, like when I give seminars and stuff and I tell them, I say, listen, you know, you it's all in how you present it to a technician. You need to be able to speak the language. So you need to know about your yeah. your machine and you need to be able to have that conversation. But in the same thing, you have to present it in a manner, you know, like, how do you like it when your husband comes home and you're like, Oh, hi, honey, how was your day? And he's like, where's my beer? You know, that's a kind of a turnoff. So same thing backwards. <laughs> a guy isn't, they're not always being condescending. They're just wanting to make sure that you understand because generationally we were the ones as women in the fifties and the forties that the man checked the air and the tires, he put the oil in the car, you know, you cooked the meals, took care of the kids. It was, things were different. Now we've all become to be encompassed and work together. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's that for sure. I'm, I'm good with it though. I like that. It's changing. I hope the same yeah. thing that it's not, there's not a title to it. It's just based on that. And I'm fortunate because yeah. I've earned my way through the industry that I'm in to the point everybody knows solidly that I do know what I know. I do do what I do. I am who I am. Yeah. And the the woman thing doesn't factor yeah. in. So you've yeah. you've earned your stripes one hundred percent. You have you have mm -hmm. earned your stripes. You've earned the respect. Was I mean obviously it wasn't always like that, but you had some supportive people around you. Um, how was that path for you from that perspective as being a woman? Like was it you didn't have any women to look up to? You didn't see any other women out there doing what you were doing, did you? 
Well, I did actually, there were women, but they were, they were so behind the, the curtain, you know, they were, I mean, look, look at Nancy Rowe and she runs a company, but she gets her hands dirty. And like, so even just motorcycle riders look at cookie crumb and there's, there's so many Chris summer Simmons. She was someone that I always looked up to because she rode a motorcycle. She had a women's magazine when at a time when there was none of that for us, you know, we were just getting, you know, firefighter calendars. They thought it was novel that women would buy stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was a whole different thing, but there were women here um, that designed bikes and would get in the shop and do some of it. And you would say, Hey, but the women, the women that I knew that rode, they had to do their own stuff because again, like for me in the eighties, guys were neighborhood guys were mean. I mean, they urinated in my helmet. They would take my spark plugs out, put the wires back in and see if I'd notice, you know what I mean? Mm. There was, and it was just to see how much you would, if you would cry and go home, that was the point because the mentality was different. So the women that were riding at that time, they had to be self-sufficient. So I guess like I have a friend spider, she's always ridden. She, I looked up to her. Um, Goodness gracious. Like even like, look at Gloria struck, you know, she's been riding since 1941 and uh, she used to have to, they wouldn't help her. She used to have to change her own tires with a spoon. And so there's some, but you didn't see it like all the time. You didn't see, you know, it was cool when I go to Daytona and I'd see chicks on their motorcycles. And I guess I have one of my best friends who she passed away um, when I was pregnant with my son, but she was like the woman I looked up to. She went from riding a Honda four custom that she helped customize to building a sportster after her husband wrecked it. And she would ride everywhere. And then I had another little tiny petite lady, Mano. She was like five feet and her, her and her husband, Ben, they were always around, but that, that woman could ride a full dressed ultra classic on her tippy toes. And I was always like, <laughs> wow, but they knew their machine too. They knew if something yeah. was off or so. Yeah. I mean, there was that, but it wasn't, it wasn't in the public eye. That's yeah. what it was, you know, yeah. it was here. And I there. wonder, it's interesting because I, you know, I wonder on the, like on the motorcycle side, yeah, I'm a rider as well. And I think like, if you ride, you have to know how your bike works a little bit. Like you, like whether, you, whether you want to or not, you kind of have to. And especially if you have like men who are actively sabotaging you, it's almost out of necessity that, that the ladies who were involved in riding kind of were almost forced into learning how, learning the mechanics of it and learning how to fix it if it broke because nobody would help them. So they almost like, it was counterproductive for the guys. They're making fun of you girls and kind of drove you more into it. But I, I wonder if there were more women in motorcycles then than there were in cars and other trades because of that like relationship where a rider kind of has to know their machine. Do you feel like that was maybe the case or? Well, you didn't see, you didn't see a lot of women in parts like in the seventies and eighties. I mean, they were sporadic. I mean, like even Gypsy Charos, who's one of my best friends. Um, she ran a, parts dealership in Texas. You know, she was the parts department, uh, Katmandu. She's iconic photographer and journalist. Um, she was ran Florida parts department. So the women were, you never really saw women in the shop like mm-hmm. that. Um, with regard to how, I guess it wasn't really cool. Some guys found it sexy, but 
there were guys that were supportive behind the scene. Like when I say, you know, they would do stuff really, it was to see if you would cry and go home, but they would never just, you know, then it would be, aha, I got your spark plugs or, you know, whatever. But there was one time, one guy actually was trying to pull my carburetor off because it was on rubber bands, like rubber seals and old SNS carburetor. And um, they caught him. He wasn't one of the crew and they beat him up, took my carburetor. And they're like, do you know how to put that back on? And I'm like, I'll figure it out, you know, just like, but he got beat up over it. At least I felt like, you know, there was some loyalty to that because they were the right. boys, you know. <laughs> it's like pulling your pigtails. So, right. yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know, like there, you didn't really see a lot of it. There wasn't a lot of it and that they had to like be behind the scenes. Like I know Spider and them, they like here at the Harley dealer, if you were a girl and you went to go get parts, you had to go around the back door, you know, unless you were on somebody's arm. And you were going into shop for stuff and you were dressed like a lady and whatnot here in Fort Lauderdale. They wouldn't even let you in the door. If you had a Harley t-shirt yeah. on, you had to go to the back door. Yeah. And you couldn't wear little shorts or anything like that. Like you had to go to the back door. Yeah. It was different for sure. Interesting. So. Did it ever intimidate you? Did you ever like think like maybe, maybe I'm not welcome. Like did any of that kind of ever, ever deter you or were you always just such a the the fierce independent free spirit that you are that you're like I'm gonna do what I want and I don't really care what y'all think <laughs> so I'm a I'm a determined individual to <laughs> not be pushy or aggressive in any manner to get somewhere you know like listen I can get heated over like safety issues and things like that I can I, I and some people take about. <laughs> and, but some people take that as an aggressiveness, but they don't understand as a professional, you know, some people who just don't understand it, find that aggressive or, you know, whatever. But with regard to most of it, um, I'm intimidated by, I know a lot of people don't think I could be intimidated by a lot of things. So, but I'm a people pleaser. So mm -hmm. I never want to be pushy or, um, Sometimes I'll, I'm an innu innuendo girl. Like I'll try to like get you to get the point without just rudely coming out and saying something. Cause everybody has feelings. I'm very, I'm very, you know, I'm very respectful of that. And two, growing up around the guys, you always had to make sure how you presented something. If you wanted something and you needed to like have help, you wanted to present it in a manner where you weren't telling someone what to do. You were asking them because you always get more, more with honey than you do with hot sauce. You know, it's kind of that yep. deal. So um, I myself find it, found it intimidating when like I was in the shop with Guy Glover and he's a, a racing guru and he'd be working on the machines or working on the heads. And I'd say, well, you know, that's kind of cool, you know, and I, it'd take me forever to come out and say, well, I want to do that to my heads, <laughs> but not say to him and be rude, but I don't want you to do it. Like mm -hmm. I want to do it. So in other words, that's kind of like me asking him to teach me without saying, you know, I not trying to be pushy or anything like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you presented it the right way. And he's like, so what you're saying is you want to do it yourself. And I was like, well, yeah, that kind of would be the way. And I sat <laughs> with that Dremel and I Dremeled out those flame canals and I sat and I polished it, sanded it and polished it. And I had, you know, four plugs in my shovel head. So we dual plug heads. It was a, a thing back then. I had little spark plug boots that lit up. It, yeah. I know more about electric now than know that that's not cool, but it was cool at the time. <laughs> it was cool then. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yep. Thads come and go. We can't, we won't yes. judge you for it. Yeah. 
They do. Especially when you're young, you know, you're ready. That's something different. I like different, right. um, but I'm a very simple girl. I'm all about the details. The details matter and safety first, you know, function over form. I get it, but you that's know, awesome. yeah. as an auto mechanic, that's important. And oh, my, 100%. I, tell, I, I tell everybody that's one of my sayings and Don gets tired of hearing it, but I tell people, listen, you can leave one bolt out of a car. If it's in the right spot, you could go 10 years, never know it. But if you leave one bolt out of a motorcycle, you're going to kill somebody. It's just yep. a matter of plain fact. It's how how that stuff works. So, you know, yep. I just always stress safety, safety, tires, yeah. date codes, air in your tires, you know, things, you know. Yeah. On a bike, it matters a hundredfold, 100%, because you don't have that cage around you. And it's, yeah. It, and you only got two wheels, not four. Right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So now some folks who follow this series know that I have organized several like all female builds of cars. You have been doing some of the same thing on the motorcycle side, organizing all female builds and custom builds. Talk about some of these crazy builds that you've done and how that kind of came about and how that started. Well, we started, um, I had a show promoter who had contacted me and asked me, uh, if myself, if they could get myself and two other women to build each a motorcycle in a day. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not in on that. Like that, that <laughs> they called me like a month before. It's not like we had like, you know, six months prep time, three months prep time, because yes, I, I mean, I can build a bike for you in a day. That's not, I mean, like depending on yeah. what it is, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's all in the prep. Everything is in the prep. That's really where it is. And a lot of people, they see these YouTube videos. They don't realize that there was an hour and a half of prep before they showed you that 10 minutes. And then, you know, right. and it's edited, to, you know. So, but anyways, um, yeah. So uh, I said, well, we could put a team of women together and I'll, you know, lead the team. And they said, okay, well, we got guys that are going to mock up this bike. And I was like, okay. And we got there like three days early and we had to, fix a bunch of stuff. I mean, to the point where they put the grips on and even left the end caps on the handlebars that come the plastic buttons for okay. shipping. Yeah. So it, it was some work involved and there were girls. I knew, like I knew, um, Joanne Bortles, the painter, I'd asked her to come there. Oh, I, I knew Joanne. a couple other Joanne's one of my closest. She was an original chopper chick. That's yeah, she was. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And, um, so, I got her into it too. And it was funny because when she showed up, I hadn't flown in yet. And she was, there was a crazy party going on. She's like, what the hell did you get me into? I'm like, just, just <laughs> chill. I'll be there. It's all good. So I, so I met these ladies and I'm like, okay, boom, this is what's your, what's your skill? What's, what are you good at? What, what's your strength? What's your weakness? You know, like, let's get this quick and get it going. Gave everybody jobs. We all jumped in. We all worked. I checked oh everybody's, gosh. you know, what they were doing. Um, we mocked it all up and we went and we did this thing. At, uh, and this was this was live at an event. This when you say show promoter, you mean like a, a bike show, it was not a, like a TV yeah, show. Yeah, it was a, it was a, no, it was a little bike show at a bar. Okay. Um Okay. And oh, it wow. was it was small. Yeah, it was I had to put all the tools together. It was not it wasn't yeah, anyways. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> some things didn't work out whatever and so there was a little bit of a uh she went her way, we kind of all went our way. She decided to do some other stuff with women and building motorcycles. Um, but we decided to take it and be a charity crew. So we started the Chopper Chick crew and we built a bike live for the, um, the National Breast Cancer Foundation at the Daytona International Speedway in the infield in one day. Um, 
that was really That's fun and amazing. interesting. And we had other women who were, you know, in the motorcycle industry and builders that weren't on the team. They would come and install a part. And, you know, it was really cool. It was, it was super cool. And then um, we got invited to the Harley 115th anniversary. We did one there for the race foundation. Willie G had asked us to do some custom parts that I had in another motorcycle, which was almost impossible, but I made it happen. You know, can't isn't in my vocabulary. Just got to put the effort <laughs> forward. Turn out bad, turn out good, but can't, I can do but it. But we're going to do it. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, so then uh, in the interim of all that, uh, Joanne had a little spot on uh, NBC. They did a feature on her work. And she calls me up and she's like, I'm here with the NBC executive. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, um, can we do a build on the NBC Today show? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, can we be on the show in 30 days? I'm like, huh? And then I was like, <laughs> yeah. And we did. We um, we went. We rocked it. We started at 2 in the morning. And oh attribute this. My husband, who is such a great sport, we all have Chopper Chick Crew shirts there. That It looks like a Charlie's Angel logo, but one has a welder, one has a wrench, one has a, a, nice. a, a air gun, you know, and that was yeah. our, our logo. And um, we gave him a shirt that said Tool Boy. And the only Aww. thing he was allowed to do was stand at the toolbox and hand us whatever tools we asked for so that we yes. could keep the progression going. So yeah. when we went to NBC, um, I brought my stepson. He's my son, my youngest son. Um, and... Uh, he got to stay. He actually camped out behind the toolbox and he was in the studio. And so we had to do an interview with Lester Holt and okay. Campbell Brown. It was her last day before she went to CNN and uh, we're there. And he's like, okay, we'll get all the girls together. And I said, okay. And I had my, my son gray. I said, okay, get up on the lift behind me and, you know, wave hi mom. Cause he's my stepson, but I wanted to make sure that he said hi to his mom. And Lester Holt says, no, no. He says, no. He goes, just the girls. And I'm like, well, if he can't, I promised the kid he could be on TV. He went the whole trip. He's up at four in the morning. He's like six years old or seven years old. He's handing us tools too. He's all excited. And he yeah. crashed out for a while. So I said, he needs to be in the interview. And I said, otherwise I'm not doing it. And they let him be in the interview. And this rotten little, oh my God. So he says, hi, mom. I see him out of the corner of my eye. I'm doing this interview. And he's going, hi, mom. I'm like, I'm oh, thinking that's cool. I get home and my dad's like, hey, he goes, that was a great interview. He goes, I'm so proud of you. He goes, that was cool what the kid did on the interview. I'm like, what? He goes, what Gray did. I'm like, what? yeah, he said, hi, mom. He goes, no, after that. And I watched the video. That little rotten kid gave me bunny ears on national TV. I was like, he did. <laughs> serious. Oh, I show his girlfriend all kinds of pictures he doesn't want her to see nowadays. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, but that That's was it. Awesome. That, that was an awesome event. And it, I attribute that to like, you know, how it progressed because, um, the first lady, you know, she, she had her own little thing going on, you know, and I wanted to go a different route. So we went a different route with it. And, you know, she went on to do some other stuff with some other ladies, which was cool. Yeah. You know, everybody does what they do, but I kind of wanted to gear more towards how I thought it should go, which was way more choreographed, more things there, tooling and stuff like that. So, and you know, you don't know where money's going and this and that. For me, I know that I know with the breast cancer bill, the race foundation, I never took, I never had any monetary sponsors. I only took the parts in and then I did all the mock-up in my shop and then Joanne would do the paint. We would put it together live and that was how it was. So awesome. it was cool. 
it, it was a, an epic journey, like very epic yeah. journey. Yeah. How did you, it's so cool. It's so cool what you were doing that way back then that, that, that was possible that you were pulling all of that together. Um, it's just so incredible. Um, I'm in awe of you. Like seriously, you no. paved the way for so, so many no. people. Um, I'm so curious how, you know, nowadays we have Instagram to find each other, right? Like you, you just do a quick search for a hashtag female builder or female motorcycle or female mechanic or whatever. And we find each other back then. How were you finding all of these other women to, to do these builds together? How did you, cause you said you were just meeting as you were going in to do this build together. You're just meeting each other. Like, how did you find each other? So Joanne 30, she's 35, 40 years. I mean, she built, she painted bikes that were on the cover of Easy Riders magazine, you know, and so she's, she's an OG, no doubt. Um, so I guess I'd have to say, so when I opened the shop, I had an idea that I wanted to make sure everyone knew that I was a builder and I built bikes specifically to go out at being in magazines, not even okay. shows just magazines so that I could get the word out there and market myself. So when I got into the industry, um, there wasn't a lot of marketing amongst the men in motorcycles. So I put together a, a little media package and I put it on a CD and I put a, a brochure and an envelope, you know, and I'd mail it to people and I, I'd physically send it out through the mail. And you'd yeah. see in like the magazines, the motorcycle magazines. And you got to remember too, as you know, being women doing it, we we're almost a, a an anomaly, you know. So yeah, it was, more it was like, sure. it was like, wow, okay, let's let's do a little feature on that, you know. It's like, it's like the now that when you see something good on the news, a community thing, it's like, wow, we have to feature that. It's something good for right. different. It's <laughs> kind of like that. So I, I really, you know, wanted to go out at that. Um, to get my first magazine, like I asked every motorcycle magazine, and they they would not, they would not mm. put my stuff in the magazine at all. Cause I was a female builder. And Did then, they say it was cause you were female or it no, just it was, they, 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 they <laughs> didn't have to, cause here's how here's, and here's how I had to earn it because Don always laughs and jokes, but when he convinced me to go a certain route and not be shy about it, you know what I mean? Not, not, not just stay in the little corner and have my own little local shop, but actually go out to the world and say, this is what I do. And I'm proud of it between him and my dad. Um, I, I knew that I needed to be in the magazines. And so there's 50,000 guys jumping up and down in our industry that are like, pick me next. Cause everybody's, they all want to be on the cover of the magazine. Sure. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't even looking for the cover. All I wanted was to be in the magazine. <laughs> so, cause so people would know, my brand, yeah. who I was, and this was in 2004. And um, so I sent an email and uh, to Outlaw Biker Magazine, because I grew up on Easy Riders and Outlaw Biker Magazine. And one day, <laughs> I'll never forget this, God rest his soul, Casey Exton, the owner and the editor of the magazine, this blue Rolls Royce, like 80s Rolls Royce, long front end pulls up right in front of my shop. And I'm in this little warehouse, you know, and it's, it's, it is what it is. It's like all of 600 square feet. Got upstairs for, you know, a little couch to take a nap because we were working 30 hours of in a 24 hour day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some parts storage. So 
And I'm like, who the hell is this? And this big white haired gray guy gets out and he's stout and, you know, you know, good looking older guy. And then I'm like, and he comes over and he goes, are you chicky? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, Casey Exton, nice to meet you. And he's staring at me. <laughs> and I mean, now he's looking at me. He's within the first three minutes, he's already undressed me with his eyes. Of course. And he wasn't, <laughs> and he wasn't shy about saying it. Cause he was an old perv, but he was an old biker dude. You know what I mean? Which was fine. I don't care. I grew up around bikers. They were all like that, you know? And if you get offended by that, I think that's part of the thing too with women is men have their own humor and it's always consistently been that way. And it even includes women jokes and stuff. And they talk and say things in front of women or to women that women get offended by. And you got to let that stuff roll off of you. You know what I mean? Cause they're really not, unless you know, it's intentional that they're trying to, you know, but they have their own humor. So I grew up around that stuff. So He's talking to me. He's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, so you want to be in the magazine? He's like, you built that bike? And I'm like, yeah, it's all ready to go and everything. And he's like, um, so you got a bathing suit? And I'm like, what? Of and he's course. like, you got a bathing suit? He's like, you're going to, you want to pose with the magazine? I'm like, no, I built that motorcycle. He's like, what? I'm like, I built that ma- that motorcycle. Like, I want to put it in the magazine, but I want you to tell everybody how good it is and that I built it. And he's like, well, is it good? And he's staring, he's staring down my shirt and he's doing, I'm like, okay, whatever. So then he starts talking to Don and my dad and I'm like, Hey, Hey, over here, like, can we talk about this motorcycle? So he made a deal with me. He says that, you know, I'm a pretty girl. He likes me. Um, He thinks that I should have a chance, you know, out there. And that's an awesome thing. And if it's okay, if he stops by once in a while, maybe we go to lunch and stuff. But really, he thinks it'd be neat if I wrote a tech article for his magazine. And he's like, and Outlaw Biker has a, I don't know if it still does today, but it had this, it was very um, Outlaw Biker. It was, you know, women cooked and cleaned and, you know, did that. It was a whole different right. lifestyle. So, so yeah. the questions and the people that would send in, he knew were going to be like, it was like throwing stuff at you. So yeah. I was like, okay. If you put the bike in the magazine, I will. And he did. And the next thing you know, this this magazine called, this magazine called. That motorcycle made um, best bikes of V-Twin, which is Easy Rider's sister magazine That's for like awesome. 2005. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, but so I got my foot in the door. And then with everyone, I earned it. Like with him, he would have me write the tech articles. And people would write in the crate. Guys have. You know, they want a relationship advice. One guy wants to know, you know, since I'm so good, if I could pick, you know, uh, his tread pattern, his whatever, and uh, his paint job, you know, what color do I like? You know, they, it was all of that. And I gave him smart ass, yeah. sarcastic answers to follow along with the flow of the magazine, but there was always yeah. critical critical content in there had they been able to read it. You know what I mean? So it was cool. Interesting. So yeah. Yeah. And then Interesting. Do you feel like in. he threw tech like do our tech column for us was it like was that a challenge was he trying to intimidate you and scare you away like was it was he actually because that's kind of impressive back then for this industry to say like all right uh so you don't want to model in front of this motorcycle well how about you write our tech articles like that's a big leap (laughs) uh yeah and so the deal was back then like we were just getting into email and stuff like that. So you weren't sending big files and stuff over like that. So every article he would have to come by and pick up the disc and take it and send it to his girl who was the editor. And so, yes, of course, you know, whatever he would, 
undressed me with his eyes. So this was a way for him to come and see over. you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he always hung out with that, my dad and Don too, but you know, okay. like, it was young girl and, and Babs, his wife, she was the sweetest thing. She'd bring broken stuff and I'd weld it for her and stuff. You know, it was, it was a thing, but they became family, but yeah. it wasn't, I think that he was enamored with the fact that, you know, I'm like, Hey, Hey, over here, let's like, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, come on, doesn't it? And I mean, I, even to the, to the fact of the matter said, you know, well, are you going to push the envelope and be the guy that lets the girl in the magazine? Cause nobody else wants to. And he's like, Oh really? You know, and almost had that air about him. Like, what do I get out of it? You know? So yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. I love it. It's really interesting over the course of your career. Like you've kind of always had this um, kind of weird combination of both like pushback about you being a woman and people ribbing you and giving you a hard time and um, not expecting it. And it's like this unusual thing, but at the same time, like people have given you a chance and have supported you whether begrudgingly or with sarcastic this, they still gave you the chance. Right. But it's all in the the presentation. It's how you present yourself. Because if you feel like because you're a woman and you should, they should let you do it, it mm-hmm. to them, it strikes a chord. You know, it's kind of like their wife me, 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 bitching in their ear. Like recently, I just had, we were in a group chat or something. I don't know. And the boys were all talking a bunch of smack and I threw some chick stuff out there. And I was like, you know, holy crap, this is a really long thing and where do you guys find the time like you know and then radio silence i think they blacklisted me really but and i even text back you know chick humor not funny haha like but again that's that thing so there's that you know the wife at home or the girl it's always they they feel is nagging so you have to go above and beyond to present yourself into what you need or what you want but earn your way the same thing you know not not have this well I'm a girl. I should be able to do it. It should be more like, um, excuse me, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I'm not able to do that. Move over, right. like step aside. Let me show you what I can do. It was cool with um, Miss Tamara last night. She was on my little podcast that I have, Athena After Dark. Yeah. What's well, a what do you call this? A live stream. I'm I'm catching up. I'm learning. Gonna be a <laughs> podcast soon. But um, she she had that that same thing. She got her MythBusters Junior by going in and being able to use the tools and do the stuff, not the, you know, how many television shows she's been on or what the resume sure. said, but actually, and that's really what the core is. And yeah. for me, like, especially going forward. Um, so in 2010, I was asked by a show promoter if I would um, do a live build. And I said, uh, we disband the chopper chick crew due to some outside people who wanted to just ruin people doing good stuff in the world. Um, so we didn't want to step on anybody's toes. So we just said, okay. And uh, I said, well, I won't do that. I said, but what we can do, I said, is we can take some girls from high school classes, shop classes, have them write essays and I'll read their essays and I'll pick five of them and they could come oh, to Sturgis cool. and we'll do a live build in Sturgis. So we did awesome. an all, all girls high school build in 2010 at the Broken Spoke Saloon live on LaZelle Street. And in the morning, there were 50 people. And around noon, the sun was so hot and there were no tents. They couldn't even touch the tools. And I told the guys, if you don't get us fans and tents, we're not going any farther. They gave us what we needed because, again, you have to make sure, you know, at some yeah. point you have to say this is these kids are they're learning about this. So, yeah, we went on 
throughout the day. Of course, it was a really long day. And about 9.30 at night, they went to start that motorcycle. And I looked out and they looked out and there must have been 5,000 people out there. So many people have been through the course of the day that the whole facility was full. And these girls had come from all over the country. Their parents had brought them. And like they they wanted to honor me. Mm -hmm. And I was in such awe of them because they knew already, you know, 15, 17, 14, uh, 16, and went on to have their own motorcycle shop, car shop. One's a Wyotech instructor. Like, so for me, that was, that was so, and I, I'm the girl too. And I, I know I could talk forever, but like we went to an event and I was, Suppose I was leading the, the parade with Russell Mitchell from Exile Cycles, and we were in Maryland, and we went to the Boys and Girls Club, which I love. And so I didn't realize they were on him to do a photo with the mayor. Okay, I thought they wanted him to do a photo with the mayor. I didn't realize that I was in the. I don't see myself like that. Okay, so <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's a thing. People ask for an autograph. I'm like, yeah. I'm looking around. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And then we'll talk for 20 minutes. You know, but um, right. So they're looking for me all over. And the person who had brought me there, um, J.B. Bratcher, he's he's that's his hometown in Maryland. Um, they're like, where is she? We can't find her. He wants to do a photo shoot, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, I know where she is. And they're like, well, where is she? And he goes, well, just go find the kids. And they're looking around. There's no kids around. So I walked into the Boys and Girls Club. And I started looking at the art, talking to the little kids. Next thing you know, I'm downstairs. We're all playing pool. And the photographer that was supposed to take the pictures, taking pictures of me with the kids. But it's all about the kids. We went to see the kids. I don't care about the mayor. Not that I, I mean, no disrespect. But <laughs> that wasn't what yeah. I was there for. So yeah. that's, who I, that's who I am in a nutshell. So that stuff matters to me. So I want oh, that yeah. to be the future. And especially for young women, because when I was a girl growing up, little, I want to be an astronaut. All I ever heard was, you can't be an astronaut. They don't have women astronauts. Really, that's, mm-hmm. it really was that. So, you know, but I was allowed to go out and box like a Muhammad Ali. My dad would let me go out and hit the heavy bag. So I like that too. I like <laughs> boxing. I like, yeah, I was, a, I was a tomboy. I used to catch lizards here in Florida. That's all we had to do. Right. Much else. Mm. Uh, I love it. The you talking about the teenagers and the kids at the, the build at, um, for bike week, like, oh my goodness, at Sturgis, like that just, that brought tears to my eyes. It's like such an incredible, um, and I can, I totally felt, I felt that moment with you, like of seeing that huge crowd is just such an incredible and powerful thing. Kids, I was like, so, so proud of them because of, they went, we started at nine in the morning. It was almost nine at night and they went and we came across hiccups and issues and almost to the point where I let things be a certain way so that they could learn from it and learn that it doesn't always go together perfectly. Everything bagged and tagged and yeah, there's a, but there's a hiccup here and there. And at the time when something didn't work, we had to adjust and correct and they had to learn that too. And then, like I said, and we, none of us were paying attention and we had seen people come through and, you know, we didn't think much of the crowd, but literally it would grow and get bigger and people would go and come back and go. And it was just, and they all cheered for those girls. I cried so hard. It It was, it was just, and that I'm that person that stuff fills me up. So I could do that. If I could figure out how to have a job doing that, like where I could just at least pay my bills, <laughs> I would do that all the time. It's a- I'm serious. That's amen that's to that. No, 100%. When we unveiled our most recent all female build and I like, I, I looked up and saw the crowd and saw all the women SEMA, right? showed up at SEMA and they were like, yeah, that was the awesome. Women. And I just, I looked up and just was like, 
so overwhelmed with emotion and just pride in the ladies that had poured their souls into this thing. And like, yeah. and yeah, 100%. Like if I could get paid to do that all day long, like right. <laughs> that fills me up. Right. I, I, yeah. I feel you. Amen to that. My goodness. Oh, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. My gosh. Um, and if there's like, this is a decide. If there's any way that we can ever collaborate or do something fun together, um, or if I can help you in any way, like I'm so on board with your mission and everything that you're doing. I'm, uh, yeah, backwards. we're definitely going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're yeah, going to yeah, talk more sure. offline. <laughs> so I want to know, we're like, we're running low on our hour already because this goes so fast. Um, what What are the biggest changes that you've seen from when you kind of started into this world to now? Um, for the bet for the better for the worse like what are the what are the changes and do you think things are getting better for women in this world yeah most definitely i mean i know on the other side of the world not industry related things seem to be taking a walk backwards but i do believe that in the trades i mean especially like if you take uh northern tool and what they're doing tools for the trades like they're reaching out and grabbing young children and bringing them in to say, Hey, you know, college isn't for everybody, or, you know, maybe you learn trades early and you want to go to college and become that mechanical engineer or design that next, you know, thing that changes the world. It all starts there. So, yeah. and I do believe that, um, I guess I would say for women, especially, the doors have opened so much. I mean, they even have women shows. Now there's things to that too. You know, you get to that, but that lets you start somewhere. And yeah. I guess being judged by your peers, you know what I mean? I'm fortunate because again, I've earned my way. Like I just, I'll be at the bling cycle invitational this year. And that last year I was at the smokeout, but they've never had female builders and it's been okay. 20 years. And I mean, wow. to the point of everybody's like, okay, well, she, you kind of got to let, and I'm not asking for it. They've actually come to me and said, Hey, I'd like you to be there because awesome. they see the, they see the fray changing and they know that more women are going to be competitive enough with the work and the custom things that they're doing that they're going to want in too. And yeah. they are using me to, to set an example. I'm just like that. It, it, it makes I'm I get all weird about that. Yeah, it, no, that's I a get, huge honor. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like so many, so many things. I've I've literally been blessed to do so many things, and it's uh, my family, my friends, the people around me, my motorcycle community, my industry community, people like yourself that I meet, and it turns into a long lasting relationship. And we all collaborate to do things together to make the world better. But women yeah. and young girls, especially, they're so there's so much more opportunity for them now. And if they just remember, even when guys get condescending and, you know, a little sarcastic or whatever, let that shit roll off your back. Oh, excuse my language. Um, oh, you've got to let it, you have, you have to let it roll off your back because the guy standing at the lift next to the guy in the shop, when he says some sarcastic or nasty stuff to him, he just lets it roll off his back. So you yeah. have to be equal there yeah. too and not be offended yeah. by it, you know? So it's, that's a thing. So opportunities are opening as long as everybody knows that, you know, no one's entitled to it and yeah. you have to earn it and be respectful about it. I don't, I don't think that gender really has anything to do with that, whether it's boys or girls, women or men. I think that's yeah. a 
a common way we should conduct ourselves. And I think it'd be really good. And I think it's all moving forward and I'm happy about it. That's so awesome. that's awesome. You. That's really cool to hear. I, I, I think sometimes I get lost in the, like, you know, you don't, you don't always see the forest for the trees, right? So I get mm -hmm. lost sometimes in the, is anything actually changing? Is it actually getting any better? Yeah. Um, it's only when I like pull back and look at it and think about what it was like when I first entered the field and, and you well, entered way earlier than me, but things so, have changed. So now, so now think about this. I mean, I know a lot of people don't watch regular TV or whatever, but they have a low rider, a women's, uh, 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 Latino women's low rider car commercial for American Express and companies, they're starting to pull the custom car world. These women are building cars and making them bounce up and down. You know, it's that stuff with the airbags yeah. and whatever, which is that's their yeah. cup of tea. But they made a commercial on them. So okay. now, now, okay, now they're saying this is my heritage. My mom before me, she designed and, and did her own car. So now we're finding out that there were women behind. So that just yeah. shows that it's there. So that's where when you don't see it, sometimes it's because you're looking past it. It's mm. it's a little closer than you think, and it's not in your regular everyday. You know, they don't really show that stuff online and stuff like that. But there's a lot of it. You know, yeah. same thing with Seven Eleven commercials, the Slurpee commercials, bicycles, custom bicycles. The girls on custom bikes, they all built those bikes. Those kids. So awesome. it's it's going. That's cool. I love it. I love your perspective. All right. We have three minutes left. We're running out of time here. Three minutes left. So our final, final question that I always like to okay. ask is if you had the opportunity to go back and talk to little baby Athena, um, the younger version of you, what are your words of advice and wisdom to her? That's so cool. I do a question on my show, 25 yeah. year old self, because I figured nice. we know something by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> So if I could go back and I could tell me something and I was really, really younger, um, I would tell myself that the world is full of bad things, but it's so much more full of good things. You have to see the good before the bad. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you're incredible, Athena. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Um, tell tell everybody where they can find you, uh, where they can listen to your podcast or your live stream, um, where they can catch up with everything that you're doing. Cool. The live stream is at Athena After Dark on YouTube. Um, we have the Instagram at Athena After Dark. And then my shop is Vagabond Chopper at Vagabond Chopper. And then I'm Athena Chicky Ransom. You can find my page too and follow it if you like. There's it all kind of goes along. So Daytona, if anybody's a bike week, flying piston benefit for um, all kids bikes and motorcyclemission.org. I'm customizing along with a few other builders, a Stasic e-bike for auction and the proceeds all go to them. They're doing great things and it's open. You can buy tickets to the public starts at 830. Great way to kick off bike week. Awesome. I love it. Did you say motorcycle missions? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. they, they get up, they get awesome. a portion of the proceeds. And then the Sturgis awesome. one uh, is helping with horsepower, Laura Clark. Very cool. So very, yeah. very cool. I love it. And I will have all of your contact information or where your accounts and in, in the description down below, folks. So we're watching. If you want to catch up with her, definitely check out those links. Athena, you are amazing. Uh, we could have gone on for hours, I am sure. Yes. But hearing uh, your perspective and your viewpoint and just 
over the years. Your journey has been absolutely amazing. You've done some incredible things. And uh, I just, like I said before, I'm in, I'm in awe and I'm inspired by you. Um, you are a gift to this world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank um, you very much. Thank you everybody for watching. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to collaborating and doing something yeah. super cool, at least going to hang out no matter what. Definitely. Definitely. That will Correct. definitely happen in the future for Thank sure. <laughs> Maybe you'll be a guest on my show one night if you don't mind. I would love that. I would be honored. Awesome. I would be absolutely honored. <laughs> and cool. thanks at, for everybody at home. Thank you guys so much for spending part of your evening with us. I hope you enjoyed meeting Athena as much as I did. Please go check her out. Give her some support and some love. Um, every Wednesday, come on back here uh, mm -hmm. to meet another incredible tradeswoman. And of course, every Monday, I release a new archive episode from this series former life as an Instagram live series. Uh, so you can get two times a week, you get to watch with her two hands. Um, so make sure you subscribe, hit like, leave comments, make sure more people get to hear these incredible stories and meet these incredible women. And until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. We'll see you later. Bye guys. Mm -hmm.